Good morning, church. Are you guys good? For those of you who don't know, my name is Matt. I, uh, I've been a part of our church for many, many years. And uh, I'm part of the team in Camps Bay. So church is, is happening right now in Camps Bay. We've had to fight through the traffic of the gun run this morning. Apparently some of our team drove over a few of the, the marathon runners because church is way more important than a marathon. Amen. That didn't happen. Don't worry about it. But it's so good to be home. This is home. I've been part of our church for 23 years. I was seven when I started coming to our church. And uh, it really is so incredible. And what's even more encouraging is I see so many familiar faces, but I see so many new faces too. And for me, it's just showing that God is building His church. Amen. And it's so encouraging to see new people and, and, and old friends and really just to see what God has been doing in the life of our church across all of our locations. We've got so much to be thankful for. Okay, man, come on. Can we give God some thanks this morning? You guys are doing such a good job. Keep being faithful. Keep serving God. Revival is going to come out of our church and it's going to change our nation. I believe it in Jesus' name. And, uh, but two quick things. Uh, Rise Camp, the registrations close next week. And uh, I want to let you know, growing up in the life of our church, in this house, I attended many youth camps and it changed my life. So I want to encourage you, if you know any young people, uh, maybe you've got children or grandchildren or nieces and nephews, and, and you want to bring them on camp, you're not going to regret it. I promise you, it will change their lives. So you can head out off the service. We've got some guys selling some cakes and some sweet things to raise some money because we want to leave no one behind. We want everyone to get onto camp. So please don't miss out on the closing of registrations. It's going to bless the next generation in Jesus' name. And then baptisms are happening off the service. Chris would have already spoken about it, but I want to encourage you. If you are looking for the perfect day to get baptized, today is the day. Not next time, because next time might not come, but today is an opportunity. You've got a whole family who's going to stand around you. Are we going to celebrate the public declaration that you are saying that Jesus is in your life. Amen? So today is the perfect opportunity. Don't miss out. We can't wait to host you. It's going to be the best time ever. But we're on week two of our brand new series called Make It Fun. <clears throat> and um, I want to be very real and open with you guys. This series is probably ministering to me more than it's ministering to you. And I'll tell you why in just a bit. But we're reading from Ecclesiastes 8 verse 15. It really is the foundation of our series. So I recommend having fun because there is nothing better for people in this world than to eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness along with all the hard work God gives them under the sun. So what does that scripture say? It says, I recommend you have some fun. Amen? We are not called to be people with short, like shoulders like this and just making their way through life. We are called to be sons and daughters of Jesus who bring a joy and a fun wherever we go. Now, the reason why this series is ministering to me is because I'm not someone who naturally likes to have fun. Mm. Yeah, see, you would never have ever thought that because I'm such a fun guy to be around, right? But so much so that several years ago, we decided to send a team to Lesotho. And it was a missions team because there's a missions base there. It's part of the AOG group. And um, I really was like a last minute addition. 
And there's a reason why I was a last minute addition. And the reason why was because the staff member, the only staff member leading that trip was Dino Ciccatello. Now, if you know Dino, Dino's a fun dude. But Dino also likes to live on the edge. And he doesn't really have a filter when it comes to what's dangerous and what isn't dangerous. Or what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable. So Dino would just do these crazy things. Graham woke up one morning, who was leading the church back then, and he almost had a nightmare going, there's no way I can send Dino to lead a mission trip by himself. Now, we had a big pool of staff members. It wasn't just me and Dino and Graham. There were a lot of people. And Graham said, who can I send to make sure that Dino stays controlled on this mission trip? And out of all the names, he said, you know who I'm going to ask? I'm going to ask Matt. Because Matt's going to make sure that Dino doesn't have too much fun. And Matt's going to make sure that Dino doesn't do things he shouldn't do. And Matt's going to keep the fun controlled. That's me, guys. I'm the guy that doesn't like having fun. But thank you, Jesus, that God constantly works in our lives. And I think that I'm a lot better than I used to be. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you can clap for that. It wasn't that bad. I just think that I knew there were consequences. And some other people didn't know that there were consequences. So... I lived in the consequences before decisions were made. Anyway, that's why I was sent. But the series is speaking to me because I'm not a naturally fun person. It's something that I have to to work on to make sure that I'm aware of. I can get so focused on what I need to do that I actually miss out on enjoying the journey that I'm on. So this series is incredibly important for each of us because we have the opportunity to have the joy of the Lord living inside of us. And if you missed last week, Please, in order for you to truly understand the series, go and listen to what was spoken to last week. You can head over to YouTube or to our podcast channel. Everything you need is there to understand the basis of what it means to make it fun. Because as Christians, we are called to be people who have fun. We're not the boring people. I was saying to Camps Bay last week, there's a, Glenn Barrett spoke in our church before, he's a massive Manchester City fan. And he goes to all their games. And he said something at a conference, I think. He would go and watch games at the stadium. And obviously, Man City are really good. So sometimes teams would play really defensive and just not creative football. It was quite boring. What would happen was the Man City fans would start to sing to the opposition fans in the team. You're boring. You're boring. You're boring like the church. Their perception was church is boring. No, 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 come on. We're not a boring church, amen? We're a church full of joy. We're a church who wants to have fun. We're a church who brings praise in everything that we do, amen? We are not a boring church. Thank you, Jesus, that we're not a boring church. But that's sometimes the perception of Christians is that we're these boring religious people. But we are called to be people who bring fun. We are called to be people who carry the joy of the Lord. We are called to be people who carry an expectancy and an excitement and a level of optimism because we understand who died on the cross for us. We understand that we are living in a place of victory because Jesus defeated death. We understand that we're living in a place where Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father and He's interceding for us. So no matter what we're facing, we don't see it as something that we're in defeat in. We're going, I'm walking in victory. And because we understand this as Christians, we have a responsibility to carry this joy on our lives wherever we go. Because Jesus died for us. Psalm 100 verse 4 says, 
enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. That's our responsibility, to give thanks to him and to praise his name because we've got so much to be thankful for, we've got so much to be grateful for, and we've got so much to lift up the name of Jesus for because of what he's done for us. What a significant song that we sang at the end, Graves into Garden. Graves into God. I'm not going to sing it because I'm going to totally just like make you get distracted. I don't have an angelic voice like our worship team. Although sometimes I think that I do. Then I get reminded by my wife it's not the case. But it's an important picture for you and I. We were once people who were lost. We were once people who were living a life which brought death to us. But when Jesus got involved, this life entered inside of us. We are no longer destined for hell. We are now destined for heaven. That's what that song is going and saying. Graves into gardens. Gardens signify life. It signifies growth. It signifies that something is happening, you know, all the time. We receive this life, but we aren't still called to carry the tombstone. Christians, we receive the life. We receive the promise of eternity, but we cannot fall into the trap of carrying the tombstone that we were once under. You know what the crazy thing is? If you carry that tombstone, it's going to get heavier and heavier. And it's going to become a weight that is going to distract you from anything else in your life. You can't carry that weight forever. There's going to be a breaking point. But the problem with carrying that weight is it's going to distract you from the things that are going to bring you joy. It's going to distract you from the things that God has done in your life. It's going to distract you from the things that God is going to do in your life because you're so focused on this weight that you shouldn't be carrying. We are not called to carry the weight of death. We are called to live in the life that has been given to us by Jesus. That's why we are called to be people of joy. That's why we are called to be people who bring fun wherever we go because we're carrying what Jesus has given us. And listen, I'll be honest, there's a lot that can suck the joy from us. Load shedding. I mean, come on now, when you're on stage six and you're halfway through making dinner and you didn't check the app and then all of a sudden the power goes off, I'm, listen, the joy just goes right out of me. I go, what's the point? Now I've got to waste money on, on trying to find food that's already cooked. Now it's just all these things that go wrong because of load shedding. It just sucks the joy out of us. And it's so cool. Load shedding suspended. No more load shedding. And then 30 minutes later, oh, stage four has been implemented. Oh my God, seriously now. Now you're really messing with my emotions. Was, thank you, Jesus. Oh, the stage four again. Back to four hours. Help me, Lord. Petrol. Oh, guys. My car was written off two weeks ago, and I'm currently driving my dad's car. You guys, I miss my car. My car sniffed petrol. My dad's car drinks it for fun. I missed my little car. I might be six foot nine and I might have been squeezed into that thing, but it didn't cost me a lot of money. My dad's go, oh, guys. I drive somewhere and I see the petrol gauge go down or the joy is just sucked out of me. Oh, it's, why did I drive all this way? I might as well start to walk and get blisters. And that's gonna suck the joy out of me because I've got blisters on my feet. There's so much that's gonna suck the joy out of our lives that we have to be so aware of the joy that we're carrying on our lives. Because the devil is gonna do everything he can do to make us people who aren't fun and make us people who have no joy, who are not excited, who are not expecting to see what God is gonna do. We have to be careful. And can we all agree, again, I'm the first to put my hand up, I'm speaking from my, from my own revelation here, yeah, that a face can say a thousand words. 
<laughs> Have you ever walked into a room and you've seen your friend or your colleague and gone, mm, someone woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning. And then you go, you know what? You deserve a coffee. In fact, you deserve a triple shot Americano espresso, not given in a cup, but I'm gonna inject it into your veins because you need a kick right up the bum to bring some joy to your life, right? A face says a thousand words. But what is, is true for seeing someone else with a face that says a thousand words is as true for you and I. How often has someone looked at you and gone, you've had a bad morning. <laughs> you have no joy. <laughs> I'm the first to put my hand up. That resting face, you know what it is? That's why as, as Christians, not only have we been given permission to have fun on this journey and life that we get to live, but we also have the opportunity to keep checking ourselves to make sure we are the people who shift the atmosphere in every room that we walk into because there's a joy that is overflowing in our life that when we walk into any meeting, it just completely changes the mood because there's this energy and this, ex this excitement that's on us because of who's inside of us. We are called to be people who live a life of joy. But we've got to keep checking ourselves. And again, I was honest with you at the beginning. I'm being honest with you now. I'm the first to put my hand up. Jesus understands this. He understood this. So he shared... A, a, a scripture, a parable, a story to, to some people who were listening to him. And, and, and what's important about this is that often we see this piece of scripture for one thing, but often we forget about one of the most important parts of it. I'm going to share, with it, share it with you in just a bit. But the point that the scripture is going to make is there's an attitude issue with this person. This person had a, a, a decision to either choose joy or choose to be someone who was angry and bitter and to not celebrate and to not have fun like everyone else did. And I'm gonna have to, for the sake of time, skip some of the scriptures. So Luke 15, verse 17 to 32, and this is two brothers, and the one son said to dad, dad, I wanna leave this. Can I have half of, my, of, your, of your estate already? And, and the father's like, you know what, that's fine. And the son took it and he left. He blew everything on things that he shouldn't have blown the money on. Then he ended up being, you know, he was just in this really bad space. He was down, but he understood that even the servants who were employed by his father had abundance of food. So he said, you know what, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna ask my dad for forgiveness, and I'm gonna ask him to be one of his servants. And this is where it picks up. <clears throat> when he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me as your hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both you and heaven, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. And get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for the son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was, working, was in the fields working. 
When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told. And your father has killed a fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and he wouldn't go in. The father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I have slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you have told me. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Even when the son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day. For your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and now he is found. It's a powerful scripture. Often, if you've heard it before, we focus on the prodigal son coming home. But today we've got to focus on the older brother. And the problem is, is that we look at his attitude and how often as Christians, we apply his attitude to our life. It's not just about celebrating people who come to church on a Sunday, who give their lives to Jesus. We want to celebrate and we want to have fun and we want to praise Jesus that heaven's being populated. But it's an attitude problem. He refused to see God in the situation. He only saw what affected him. We have to keep checking ourselves. Otherwise, we're going to constantly behave like the older brother. We're going to constantly make decisions to stop seeing God in situations and see the, the, the flesh in what's in front of us. We have to see ourselves as the older brother sometimes. As Christians, we have to check and make sure that we are not falling into that trap because we have so much to be thankful for and we've got so much to celebrate and we will miss it if we apply the attitude of the older brother. But I've got no doubt that God would have said four things to the older brother. He would have said this. God wants him to have fun. He would have said, older brother, I want you to have fun. It says in 1 Thessalonians 4 verse 1, one final word, friends, we ask you, urge is more like it, that you keep on doing what we told you to please God, not in a dogged religious plod, but in a living sprinted dance, a spirited dance. Now, dogged religious plod, essentially, if I had to show it to you, is like this. You've all seen those people, right? Like the world's on their shoulders. And it's, who, who enjoys serving God like this? Oh, there you go. Well, I suppose, okay, well, oh, look, yeah, okay, no, look, that person again. Oh, no, I've got to do this again. Oh, okay. I've got to go to church again. Oh, oh view group. Oh. God's saying, I don't want that. I want you to have fun serving me and celebrate serving me. And he would have said that to the older brother. Yes, you're obedient and you're serving me, but don't miss out on celebrating the things that I want you to celebrate. Don't miss out on bringing fun to the areas I want you to bring fun. There's nothing worse than seeing Christians who just go through life like this. We have to be attractional, amen? People have to go, there's something different about that person because the joy of the Lord is in us. Is the joy of the Lord in you? Because the joy of the Lord was not in the older brother. And that's how he reacted. Then he would have said, Jesus likes to have fun too. You guys know that? Jesus likes to have fun. It says in Matthew 11 verses 28 to 30, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and a gentle heart, gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and my burden I give you is light. Jesus is fun. No one who ever spent time with Jesus left like this. Oh, the world's on my shoulders now. That was the worst encounter I've ever had in my entire life. Who is that Jesus man? Jesus always gave people hope. Jesus always gave people an opportunity to experience life. And that's what we've been called to do, to bring hope through Jesus inside of us, to be his light and to be his salt wherever we go. That's who we've been called to be. Jesus liked to have fun. Jesus attracted people. Are you the person that when someone sees you in the shopping center, they go, oh, not, not today. <laughs> no, I can't, I can't speak to that person. They're going to weigh me down. <laughs> going to leave worse off. Maybe I've been that person. I don't know. That's why I've got to keep checking myself. Or are you the person that everyone goes to? Well, how's it going? Like, it's so good to see you. You want to spend time with that person. Christians are called to be attractional people. But we're attractional because the joy of the Lord is overflowing inside of us. It's not about us. It's about who's inside of us that people are attracted to. Jesus liked to have fun. That's what he would have said. Next, God would have said to the older, older brother, Joy is part of your salvation. You've been saved. That's got to give you an immediate joy to your soul. You were once destined for hell, but now you're destined for heaven. Come on, that's got to bring a happiness to your life. There's joy in our salvation. There's life in our salvation. There's eternity in our salvation. We've got so much. Psalm 20 verse 5 says, May we shout for joy over your salvation. Are people shouting for joy over your salvation? Are you shouting for joy over other people's salvation? Isaiah 12 verse three to five says, with joy you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. In a wonderful day you will sing, thank the Lord. Praise his name. Tell the nations what he has done. Let them know how mighty he is. Sing to the Lord for he has done wonderful things. Make known his praise around the world. We're called to have fun. Salvation should bring joy to our lives. It should bring just a light that no one can hide because we understand that we were once lost, but now we're found. That we were once destined for death, but now we're destined for eternity. Thank you, Jesus, for the joy of our salvation. The fourth thing that God would have said to the older brother is that fun makes the hard times bearable. Load shedding. Come on now, we need some fun in load shedding. When those petrol prices go up, one round 50, we need fun when you put that, that pump into the car and you pump it up. Oh, Jesus, give me joy right now. Please, Jesus, give me joy right now. See, the older brother, in his context, he would have seen like that was an unbearable situation. How can my younger brother who squandered everything have all this given to him? but I must keep doing what I'm doing. He needed joy to truly see what that meant for his family. He would have understood that his brother was once destined for death, but has now been found in his father's arms. We're gonna face some tough times. We're gonna face some hard times. If we lack joy, those hard times might defeat us. And those hard times might get the better of us. 
But God is saying when we people of joy and when we people who have the strength of the Lord inside of us, those hard times are going to be bearable. And not only will we get through those hard times, but we will get them through them stronger than what we started because we took it on with joy. Joy makes the hard times bearable. Some of the, the best you know, moments that I've had, in, in, you know, just in, because in, we, we, we go through hard times and I was, I wrote this down in my notes and I wanted to share it, but every, like once a week or once every two weeks, myself and CJ and two other guys play like an hour and a half of Fortnite. Yeah, 30 years old playing Fortnite, there you go. But, but let me get to the point. If there was a tournament to determine who was the worst at Fortnite, we would get first place every time. We are horrible. We like to think that we're good, but we're not good. But what I get out of that is the friendship in that moment. We laugh about the most random things. Like, and we tune each other, but the most important thing is that we laugh and we have fun. And you know what? It just reminds me that we can have fun and we can laugh about things. Get yourself into circles and surround yourself with people who you can laugh with and are gonna make you laugh as well. And don't take yourself too seriously. Those O's tune me like nothing. I, I get like dragged under the bus how much they tune me. But we laugh and it's fun. Fun times make the hard times bearable. So I wanna encourage us as the worship team makes their way up the stage. If we can apply eight principles that the brother didn't every day. I was saying in the first service, we can't just apply these things on a Sunday. These are things we have to apply every day because His mercy is on you every day. So if I had to speak to the older brother, if I had him next to me, I would have said this. Brother, the first thing I want you to do is to return to your father every day. Return to your Father every day. True joy is an overflow of our relationship with Jesus. Every day we have an opportunity to spend time with Him in our worship, in our praise, in our quiet times, in our prayer. It's in those moments that He ministers to us, for us, where He's working in our hearts, that when we read His Word, it's the bread of life. It gives us everything we need for today. Not every Sunday or Sunday in view groups. Every day, His mercy is on you. So I would have gone, older brother, get back to the Father every day so that His joy can be renewed inside of you so that you can carry the Spirit of God wherever you go. So I want to encourage us. Let us come back to the Father every day. The second thing I would have encouraged the older brother with is receive God's love and forgiveness. Romans 8, verses 31, 35, and 37 says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? 35 says, Can anyone ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean He no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? Verse 37, No, Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Not only is it important for you and I to come to the Father every day, but it's equally important to keep short accounts with Him every day. 
Every day is a new opportunity to ask God for forgiveness. Because you and I, we're not perfect. And we sin and we make mistakes. Keep your accounts with God short. Don't give it a month between times that you ask God for forgiveness. Every day is an opportunity for us to receive His forgiveness and to experience His love. Because when we experience God's forgiveness, the third thing I would have said to the brother is forgive. God's forgiveness allows us to forgive those who have sinned against us. We can't forgive if we aren't allowing God to forgive us. Matthew 6 verse 12 says, And forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. Philippians 2 verse 13, For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. What pleases Him is to make sure that we are forgiving those who have sinned against us. There was a season where some people had done wrong to me and it hurts. It genuinely hurts. But I carried that unforgiveness for months and it sucked the joy out of my life. I struggled to see the light. I struggled to see the good things in any situation because I allowed this unforgiveness to weigh on me. But it took a moment with God where I received the revelation of the power of forgiveness. And ever since that moment that I truly forgave them in my heart, that joy has never been sucked out of me because of that situation. I was able to move forward and I was able to move on and it actually allowed me to forgive a lot easier because I saw what God did in that situation. The third thing I would have said to the brother is forgive. If he had just forgiven his younger brother for what he had done, he would have celebrated in that moment and he would have had the joy of the Lord inside of him and he would have gone to that party and celebrated his brother coming home. The fourth thing I would have said to the older brother is stop trying to figure everything out. It doesn't make sense, but God is still good. Proverbs 3 verses 5 to 6, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize Him and He will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Stop trying to figure it all out. The fifth thing, to piggyback on the fourth thing I would have said to the brother, is enjoy today and don't worry about tomorrow. James 4 verse 14 says, How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while and then it's gone. If we want the joy in our lives to be sucked out of us, live in tomorrow and miss out on today. We can't control tomorrow. Because we don't know what tomorrow holds. But what we do know is what today holds. And what we do know is what God has given us today. And the people He's brought into our life today. And the new mercies He's given us today. His mercies on you tomorrow, yes. But His mercies for you today or for today. If you live in tomorrow, you're going to stress, you're going to get anxious because you're worrying about what's going to happen instead of focusing on what's happening right in front of you today. Stop worrying about tomorrow. Next, I would have said to the older brother, be focused on others. Philippians 2 verse 3 to 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for your own interest, but take interest in others too. The greatest privilege you and I have is to serve God and to serve people. Jesus echoed that by saying He was the greatest, but He came down to be a servant. The King of kings and the Lord of lords did not come down on earth to be served, but He knew it was a privilege He got to serve others. 
when we are others focused, the joy of the Lord will overflow in our life because we understand what a privilege it is to serve those who God brings into our life. Your work colleagues, your family members, your children, your, the, the, the guys in your view group. It's a privilege to serve them. It's a privilege to let God work in your life. Be others focused. So you, so you stop worrying about yourself, but you're focused on others. Lastly, I would have said to the older brother, laugh because it makes you stronger. Proverbs 17 verse 22. A happy heart is good medicine and a joyful mind causes healing, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. Can I give us a challenge for the next week? Can we find a moment every day to laugh about something? I don't know what it is. Maybe you've got to Google a joke on YouTube or you've got to remember something that happened in your past and it's going to bring back so much joy and so much laughter. But can I challenge us? Can we be people who laugh this week? Can we just enjoy our days? Can we not take things so seriously that we stop laughing and we stop enjoying our days? Clearly, there's something powerful about laughing. Surround yourself with people who are going to make you laugh. That's why I play Fortnite. (laughs) Because I know I'm going to laugh. I know I'm going to laugh. Surround yourself with people who are going to help you laugh. Can we stand to our feet? We're going to worship. We're going to sing graves into gardens. And I want to give you this opportunity to, to, to speak to God and connect with God and give thanks to God for what He's done in your life. If you want to laugh, laugh. If you want to laugh, tell a joke to the person next to you, tell a joke to the person next to you. But let's connect with Him this morning. Let's give Him thanks as we stay in this attitude of worship and praise. Can I ask us to close our eyes just out of a sign of respect? And maybe you hear this morning and and you can't see yourself as the older brother, but you actually see yourself as the younger one. You know that you've come into church today disconnected and distant from God. And that you've made some decisions that have brought hurt to your life. And you've made some decisions that make you feel like you're a slave to the world. But in this moment, I wanna remind you of the picture that that scripture gives us. That God, our Father in heaven is standing with his arms stretched open and he's waiting for you and he wants to embrace you and he wants to forgive you of your sins and he wants to start a relationship with you today. If you know that you want to get into a relationship with Jesus and declare him your Lord and Savior so that not only can we celebrate here at church but heaven's going to throw a party for you. Today's a good day. If that's you on the count of three no one's looking. I want, to put, I want to ask you to put your hand up. We're going to pray a prayer together. One, two, three. If that's you, do you want to put your hand up? Don't miss out on this opportunity. If that's you, do you want to put your hand up? See that hand. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? Do you want to put your hand up high? See those hands at the back. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone else? Don't miss out. The Father is standing with his arms wide open. I see that hand over here. Thank you, Jesus. I see the hand over there. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. Thank you, Lord. Heaven's being populated. Thank you, Jesus. Church, we're going to pray this prayer together. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. This morning, I declare that I've fallen short and that I am a sinner. I pray that you forgive me of my sins. From this day onwards, I declare that you are my Lord and Savior. I pray that you will keep me 
as you will guide me, that you will show me your ways as I commit my life to you. And everyone said, come on, can we give Jesus some thanks and celebrate, thank you Jesus, that heaven's been populated.